Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of the Topic Tacklers. My name is Shane Bryant and I'm here with... I'm Liam Dunlop. How are you doing everyone? So today we're going to tackle topics based on the NFL draft, uh, most notably the best drafts in NFL history in our opinions, and just go back and forth. And uh, what else, Liam? We're also going to talk about late round draft picks, guys that were taking probably later on than the second round, third round, and just how why other teams missed out on these guys some some of these guys are hall of famers and they got drafted in like the the seventh round they were back then in the 10th round or like the 15th round back in the 60s and yeah i just don't know what the scouting teams were doing back in those days i don't know they should have been fired though so we'll start off with talking about the actual greatest draft classes in our opinions so we were born in 1994 ourselves so we do know about the later draft years in like the 80s and stuff and those are some of the best draft classes but I think personally my favorite draft class is based on quarterbacks and it was in 2004 so 2004 was the year where Eli Manning had the controversial time where he's like I'm not going to the Chargers <laughs> so they drafted him and he's like I'm not playing there he did he pretty much pulled a guy we're going to talk about later on a John Elway and he said I'm not playing for these guys so they drafted him and then they instantly traded him f- to the New York Giants for the second overall pick which ended up being Philip Rivers both of those guys have had Hall of Fame careers another guy which obviously you respect a lot being a Steelers fan Shane Ben Roethlisberger got drafted in the same draft class there also Larry Fitzgerald, Vince Woolfork, Jared Allen, and the late, great Sean Taylor, who was one of my favorite players, but unfortunately he passed away so early on. He got murdered when he when a guy was trying to rob his house and he was trying to protect his family. And just amazing quarterbacks. Didn't have the strongest of, like, elite. They weren't the elite of the elite in the NFL because of how dominant Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers have been, but what a hell of a class. Oh, that's an amazing class. And just to put, like, how many Pro Bowls, I don't even know. I should get the number, actually, how many Pro Bowls are between those three quarterbacks alone. And Matt Schaub actually got drafted third round of that draft. I mean, he is nothing compared to these three future Hall of Famers we're talking about. Uh, Four Super Bowls between two of them unbelievable uh and yeah ben roethlisberger man he was selected 11th overall from a no-name school of miami ohio i love it uh that's also my favorite draft class of the 2000s without a doubt uh if i were to go overall uh, i'm gonna go back to the 80s like you were saying liam and i'm gonna have to go with uh 1989 actually and it's uh when I had Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders, and Steve Atwater. Yeah, that's. I have no idea who Steve Atwater is. Steve Atwater, incredible safety for the Broncos. Excuse me, Broncos back in the, their 90s heydays. One of the hardest hitting safeties back then. He just got into the Hall of Fame recently, and Broncos fans were getting quite upset because they feel like he he deserved it a lot, a lot quicker than he did. But yeah. yeah four hall of famers taken in the first five draft picks of that class so that's good scouting that's that, unreal. that's when they know and two of them played for those cowboys teams of the 90s obviously the quarterback troy aikman Deion sanders was an amazing return yeah. man cornerback he played it all and 
Barry Sanders. And Barry Sanders, unbelievable. One of the one of the best running backs of that era. One of the best running backs of all time. So small and shifty, and just didn't get as much respect as other people because he played for the Detroit Lions, and they just could not develop a team around him. And it was just unfortunate. And obviously, Derek Thomas, one of the best defensive ends, just hunting the quarterback was his strong suit. Rest in peace to him as well. An incredible class. There, there's so many good classes that we're going to talk about here. Like, if you want to go, you can go all the way back to like 1957. You can go back. 1957 had Paul Horning, Len Dawson, Jim Brown, Sonny Jurgensen, Gene Hickerson, Don Maynard. 36 total Pro Bowlers. Jeez. Nine total Hall of Famers. Just incredible quarterback class there. Len Dawson obviously led the Chiefs to Super Bowl two. Paul Horning was incredible for Notre Dame Hall of Fame. Uh, Heisman winner at Notre Dame goes to the Packers and he's just he was just one of those all around players. Jim Brown we talked about on a couple episodes ago. Yep. Inc- probably best one of the best players of all time. We talked about his stats. It was just incredible. I think uh we can both agree that the best draft class of all time would be the 1983 draft class. It's it's voted the number one pretty much in every um, ranking you'll find. It's got the most Pro Bowlers from it, 42 Pro Bowlers, eight Hall of Famers. They got John Elway, uh, Eric Dickerson, Bruce Matthews, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Daryl Green, Richard Dent, and Jim Covert. Like, that is stacked, man. Yeah, Absolutely we, stacked. Yeah, we're talking about the 04 class. Like, it's our favorite class. It's because... This was the version of the 04 class, but in the 80s. Yes. So, as I was saying, John Elway gets drafted early, first first overall, by the Colts. And he's like, no, I'm not playing there. Yeah, no. <laughs> and he's like, I'll just go play baseball. Because he got drafted super high from Stanford in baseball. Yeah. So, he's like, I don't need to play for you. And then they're like, uh, well, how about if we trade you to the Broncos? He's like. All right. Deal. <laughs> Goes and wins two Super Bowls later on in his career in like 96. The helicopter uh, tackle. Yep. Or the helicopter. Risking, risking his body for the extra yardage. Wins two Super Bowls with a guy we're going to mention later and as a late round draft pick. But yeah, Eric Dickerson, everyone knows him for being the big beast running back for the Rams with the neck guard that yes. you never see anymore. Yeah. Bruce Matthews, one of my favorite players of all time center for the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans. He was just an absolute monster. He's a part of that Matthews family with Clay Matthews Sr., Clay Matthews, all I these didn't know, Jake I didn't Matthews. Know that Jake Matthews is his son, left tackle, that played for the, the Atlanta Falcons for yeah. so long. Obviously, uh, Bruce Matthews' brother, Clay Matthews Sr., and then his son, Clay Matthews, who played for the Packers. Wow. That family is just incredible. That's, that is incredible. I didn't know that. Uh, they were all connected doesn't that Matthews family uh yeah also Jim Kelly right so four four Super Bowl appearances for him appearances but hey he got there yeah it, he, it counts he had an amazing team with Dan him. Marino Hall of Famer and he never won a Super Bowl either so everyone says that he's the best quarterback of all time if like the best player of all time yeah. that's never won a Super Bowl yeah. and it's true because if you look at the way he used to throw the ball he had the cleanest release and like just the way he could throw the ball 60 yards effortlessly. Oh, it's like a flick of the wrist. And this was back in 1983. Yeah. So this was good scouting. Oh, yeah. Because 
these guys are the top guys on the, in the draft class, and they all they all did super well in college. They go into the NFL and they all make a name for themselves. And defensively, this is my favorite defensive class. Mm-hmm. 1981, Lawrence Taylor, Kenny Easley, Ronnie Lott, Mike Singletary, Howie Long, all in the same class. Like that is disgusting. That's crazy. Like Lawrence Taylor, one of my favorite players to watch tape on because he was just relentless. Him in those early days of the New York Football Giants. Kenny Easley, incredible player as well. Ronnie Lott, hardest-hitting safety I've ever watched. Yeah. Mike Singletary, unbelievable middle linebacker. Howie Long, another guy who has a bunch of family in, in the NFL, right. too. Kyle Long, yeah. Chris Long. Yeah, those are his Paul. sons. Wow. And he was a, a beast and a menace on those Raiders teams where he was just so dirty. And we know him from Sunday NFL Countdown yep. or whatever show Fox has. Whatever he's on. And he's been great with – he has a great back and forth with, like, Terry Bradshaw and yeah. Jimmy he's Johnson. he's good on it. He's great. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like him on it, Howie Long. He's a pretty boy. He lived down in Oakland in the dirty, dirty Oakland days. Yep. But – yeah, he he's he's been terrific, and what a, what a class that is because all four of those guys can be argued as w- one of the best all time at their position. Yeah, literally, and to have them all in one class, like to have just such uh such a defensive heavy draft class that year, and it happens, it still happens nowadays too, but nothing like this. Like not, not I I don't see any draft class that has been recent that has will impact like this many or sorry produce this many like hall of famers or pro bowl appearances in that 1981 class so there's a very recent draft class that we were talking about before the show you were talking about the 2019 draft class as like a quarterback heavy draft we haven't seen as much from these guys so we're talking about like the daniel jones kyler murray gardner Minshew, and who was the fourth on that list? the drew lock so drew lock hasn't really panned out for the broncos but Daniel Jones, if they have more faith in him and they give him more weapons to use, I think Daniel Jones can be a stud. They just got Will or um, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. So I mean, they paid him a lot of money. They did, but their O line is trash. Yeah, their O line is really bad, and that's what you need. That's what's gonna hurt Joe Burrow, I think, because if Kansas City's or Cincinnati's not gonna give him an O lineman to protect him, he's gonna get hurt every single year. Yeah. But yeah, I think Kyler Murray is obviously incredible. He he's one of those guys that is he looked up to literally looked up to everyone pretty much because he's so short but he even looked up to like a drew Brees, where he's like oh wow this guy's under six foot and he look at the career he had why why can't i do it and obviously he's much more athletic than drew Brees. he has much more like leg power and he can run way faster yeah so if he can use that to his advantage and having a guy like larry fitzgerald to learn out off is is priceless i completely agree yeah he's definitely adapted to the uh more current NFL, um, especially since Drew Brees retiring, or he is retired now. That like it's a it's a big shift. It's a big shift um, to like this new current running quarterbacks and stuff like that. I like this draft class. As a Steelers fan, I'm throwing in my boy. He's now my boy, uh, Dwayne Haskins. He's he he's a partier man. He had <laughs> lots of trouble in Washington apparently. Um, Mike Tomlin loved those guys, dude. We had uh, we had um, Pascal Burris on our team the one time too, and he's just a troublemaker, man. We love the troublemakers. We're gonna lock them down, get them straight, 
and hopefully pay him two million dollars to back up Ben. That's fine. Hey man, we'll back him up for one year, and then maybe we'll take over the starting role unless we're trash, and then we get a good quarterback. We'll see. Yeah, there was another little class that we can talk about quick. Nineteen ninety-three, and that that's a terrific class for us because these were guys that we saw in their primes when we started watching football. Willie Rofe, offensive lineman for the Saints. Jerome Bettis, the bus. Michael Strahan, arguably one of the best defensive ends. Will Shields, amazing offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs back in the day. And then there's players that could end up making it. I think, John, yeah, John Lynch just made the Hall of Fame. So that's yeah. another Hall of Famer in there. And just an unbelievable amount of just solid NFL players came out of the 1993 draft. Oh, that was crazy. And, well, I would like to mention the 96 draft as well. So three years later, we have... Uh... That was like the Jonathan Ogden draft, uh, Ray Lewis, Marvin Harrison, Brian Dawkins, um, Terrell Owens, Eddie George, and uh, Zach Thomas. So, like that was, yeah, that was a stack draft as Teddy well. Bruce and actually, uh, Keyshawn Johnson was in the draft. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson was a solid receiver. Simeon Rice had an amazing career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Lawyer Malloy was a beast safety in those those teams those early. Uh, 2000s Patriots teams and also he was a, a menace for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Teddy Bruschi was that the one of the big leaders on those defenses with Mike Vrabel for the entire dynasty of the early dynasty of those Patriots teams. But yeah, that's what shows we we did a, an episode where we were talking about free agency and this shows that you can really build a team out of the draft. And having one good draft can change the whole perspective of your football team. Totally. Like if you can get if you can make your first overall pick a star and it's doesn't he doesn't end up being a bust. Yeah. It can change it can, you can go from zero to hero. Or if you're on uh or sorry, if you're a different team and the first overall pick doesn't want to play for that team, yeah. <laughs> then you go all in. <laughs> yeah. we don't that doesn't see, really happen anymore. Yeah, we don't see that happening as much. But, yeah, isn't it crazy how just a kid that's, like, 21 coming out of college can just be like, nah. Yeah, nah. But then I'm, they're like, okay, yeah. we'll trade you. It's Whatever, like, man. But then you miss out on a guy like that. Yeah. Like, imagine Eli Manning played for the Chargers. What would have happened there? He would have had to back up uh, Drew Brees Drew for Brees, a bit, yeah. but he would have learned a lot more, and maybe those Charger teams would have won championships, not the Giants. Well, do you think the Giants teams with Phillip Rivers would have won? Maybe. I don't know. Eli Eli was great in the playoffs, but if you look at his career, he was an even guy. Like oh, his regular they, season uh, stats, like he was even wins-loss. Oh, yeah. They won the Super Bowl in a wild card They were 9-7, yeah. Yeah, they were not... They were not um, like a they weren't great like a thirteen and three kicking everyone's ass. No, no exactly. Yeah, so Heavy I think Philip Rivers always. could have could have won with those teams. I like Philip Rivers. He's a good quarterback. I like him better than Eli, to be honest. With He's you. chirpy. That's why I like him. He's a chirpy yeah. sob. But he doesn't have like too much to prove, like to own. You know, he's got like a lot of Pro Bowls and stuff. Ten but, like, kids. <laughs> he's got ten children. <laughs> like he can literally field an entire That's crazy. offense. Yeah, he can field an entire offense. Could you imagine his, him and when those kids go into college in the NFL and everything? Yeah, there's going to be probably four Rivers boys in the NFL. That's the way to do it, I think. You just have to have a bunch of kids because <laughs> just like the the Mannings, right? Just have like three, four, in Rivers' case, ten kids. You know some of them are going to make it, right? It's like a roll of the dice. You have two kids, like 
man, odds are maybe they both don't make it. Yeah. You have 10? Yeah, You're guaranteed with like three are <laughs> making the NFL. And the way NFL contracts are nowadays, they're going to make so much money, oh, especially yeah. if they're quarterbacks. Yeah. They're going to end up making like $75 million a year once they get to the NFL. Exactly. It's going to be insane. And we were uh, actually talking about it a couple episodes ago too, um, the impact on like Seth or um, Steph Curry, how he went to Davidson, and then his brother Seth Curry went to Duke. So like the NFL is kind of like that too. They'll take um, like the brothers and stuff if they're good as yeah. well, right? Like how many Gronkowskis are in the NFL? There was like three, and I only knew it one. Yeah, the Watt brothers. <laughs> yeah, the Watt. Yeah, Watt brothers. The McCaffreys. Their dad played for the the Broncos in those same days with Elway, and now there's there was two McCaffreys in the the league right now and one coming just came out of high school and he's going to be a highly touted prospect like yeah it's true like the name having a name a last name that's notable that'll take you from going to like a northern Illinois to an Illinois where like they actually have a chance but we were talking about the first draft class we were talking about a guy named Ben Roethlisberger you hear that he goes to University of Miami, so you're like, "Oh, Miami Hurricanes!" Yeah. I, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. The like, U. Miami Hurricanes have been terrific forever. But then it's like, no, University of Miami of Ohio, yeah. and you're like, "Where the hell is that?" Like the Red Hawks or yeah. whatever they are. Who are they? Like, but look idea. at him. He made a Hall of Fame career out of it. Yeah, so he was just a small town Ohio boy. Yeah, you don't need to go to the big name schools. Like, there's a bunch of guys that we've mentioned like throughout this whole show and. You can look at some of their schools, like, like Demarcus Ware went to Troy, yeah, Troy University, Very and true. it's like, what? Who who comes out of Troy University yeah. and makes all of him career for? Uh, well, I just like it because the Steelers and everything. But James Harrison actually went to Akron. Yeah, Akron. University. Same with uh, like, Steve McNair went. Yeah, to Akron. yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. there's a, like you don't need to go to the top schools. You don't need to go to like a Notre Dame or like no. a USC or even an Alabama. There's people that come out of Alabama. Look at AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron exactly. won three national championships with Alabama. He's been a, he was a fifth round pick and he's been a backup throughout yeah. his whole career. Literally. Yeah. So yeah, he, you can be the true. best. You can be a Heisman winner. You can be, you can be the top guy on the top team and never have a good NFL career. No. Even look at this year's draft class. Like the, the quarterbacks that are up there and everything you have um, obviously Trevor Lawrence, like the best, but yes. that's that's a different story. But then they have um, Zach Wilson, BYU, the BYU guy, yep. and then they also have Trey Lance, who's the North Dakota State yeah. Division Two guy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, it's just to prove your point a little bit more. Like it doesn't matter where you go, really. This if word, you're good, they'll find you. This is where it shows really good scouting because who's watching the BYU game? But I guarantee. I these NFL teams have like 90 scouts nowadays and they're like, they have a, a scout per state. Yeah. So they're like, Oh yeah, I went to the Indiana game, but then I saw the quarterback in the other team and I'm like, Oh wow. He's way better than anybody else. I was Very watching. True. So we might as well keep an eye on that kid. Well, and they save a lot of time with film now. Oh yeah. They can as well. Right. Even in high school, there's this, uh, there's this website called huddle H U D L. And they literally from freshman year of high school, even earlier, like even when they're playing Pop Warner, these these kids are getting filmed and they're already making full tapes. That's crazy. Yeah, so you're already watching these kids and you're like, oh, from 12, 12 years old, I know this kid's going to be a stud. That's like insane. even when you go back to watch like video on like Reggie Bush back in his day and like Derrick Henry just yeah. being a head and shoulder taller than every kid back in high school, it's incredible the, the way social media 
and just scouting has evolved. I agree. So we're going to switch over our topic to uh, these late round steals, as you call it. And I kind of want to go back a little bit to when you're saying uh, players who are like, you know what, I don't want to play for that team, right? So I'm going to put this as an honorable mention for a late round steal, and it's Bo Jackson. Because as everyone knows, he got drafted first overall by the Buccaneers, said, nah, I'm going to go play baseball. Anyways, he gets back into the NFL in 1987, and he gets drafted seventh round, 183rd overall by the Raiders. I think he left like a sour taste in all the other teams' mouths. For sure. And they were like, yeah, we don't trust this guy. I know he's going to be an, he's an incredible athlete, and he's going to be a stud if he plays and he stays healthy, which he never really did, unfortunately. But, yeah, every team's like... I'm not going to draft this guy just for him to leave to go to the MLB. Screw that. And the Raiders are like, seventh round pick. Why not? Yeah. 183rd overall for this incredible two-sport athlete that we've never seen before. Half our team are convicts anyway. So. <laughs> no. like he only played for four seasons. He played yeah. for four seasons, and he only played like 10, 11 games per season. But he ended up getting 515 carries for 2,782 yards. So 5.4 yards per carry, 16, 16 rushing yards. And he literally had rushes in his career of 88 yards, 91 yards, 92 yards. And he was ba- he was pretty much backing up Marcus Allen his entire career there. Yeah. And Marcus Allen was a Hall of Famer himself. So yeah. it's not like he, he had a chance and didn't take it. He he came into a pretty pretty hard spot there. So when he was uh, doing the baseball and football at the same time, he actually could only play football for eleven games. So like him playing four seasons with playing baseball and stuff, that's just so much wear and tear on your body and everything. And he did suffer that hip injury right in the playoffs. Um, and people say that like that actually could have. That stopped him from potentially going into the NFL Hall of Fame and the MLB Hall of Fame. But regardless, so he's actually the only person to ever make a Pro Bowl and an MLB All-Star game. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's surprising because we talk about we talked about Deion Sanders earlier, and he played both. Yeah. He was actually traveling from NFL game to MLB playoffs, and he actually made the World Series with the Atlanta Braves yeah. while he was playing with the Atlanta Falcons. So he could literally just drive down the street and play another game. And they lost to the Toronto Blue Jays in 1992. And it's just been, it's incredible to watch these two sports athletes. As we've seen, we've seen Russell Wilson. He could have played both. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes got drafted both. Yes. Tom Brady got drafted both. Yeah. And you just can't do it nowadays. It's You have to focus on one. Oh, because for sure. Because they were talking about Kyler Murray maybe playing for the Oakland Athletics. If, yeah. if the NFL season had like a lockdown, he could go and play for like the Athletics AAA team and just stay fit. But who's risking it when you're paying when you're paying a quarterback forty five million dollars? Well, I'm not I'm not letting it. you play. I'm not letting you play for any any other team. I don't even want you playing pickup basketball. No, because some yeah. of these guys get injured just playing pickup ball, and then so they're true. on the they're on the shelf for twenty million dollar cap. Yep, and they can't play because they're yeah. being a goofball and they're they're bowling and throw out their shoulders. Or something, <laughs> you know, like I get it. Yeah. No, totally, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, he actually got drafted by the Oakland Athletics like before his last year of college yeah. too. So he stayed in college too. This is in quotations. Not get paid. <laughs> yeah. um, 
instead of going into the MLB. That's pretty crazy. But there's a lot of people in the MLB that are making bank money now. The odds of Kyler Murray going to the MLB, making that money and stuff, compared to how fast he's going to make money in the NFL, is uncomparable, man. NFL, just because he's so good in the NFL. Starting quarterback money is crazy. So even backup quarterback money, like in the MLB, there's such a big wage gap between like single A ball where they're making like a thousand dollars a month to like the top of the top where there was Fernando Tatis. He played a hundred games and he just signed like a, a 12 year, $320 million deal. And you've only seen him play a hundred games, but because he has so much potential, he's just, he's going to make bank and he's going to be rich for the rest of his life <laughs> like 12 years yep so you don't even know you won't see that good. in the nfl no you, they'll never be able to sign no. him but half people's careers in the nfl aren't even 12 years but yeah there's a lot of guys that we were talking about earlier you have to what what happened to the scouting here like tom brady like oh, tom yeah. brady got drafted everyone knows how late he got drafted 199th overall in 2000 he was a solid quarterback at Michigan, and he went to the University of Michigan's a big name football school. So I don't know what happened in the the scouting departments of every other team, but look at what he did. He ended up being the goat. He's the best player. He he played for the Patriots for six one six six Super Bowls, going to eight Super Bowls. He goes over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and wins another Super Bowl in his first year there. He's the best. He's he's like 43 years old, and he's still the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Oh, he's the GOAT. For yeah. sure, he's the GOAT. So, I don't get it either. Like, I don't know what's up with the scouting. I have no answer for that. Is it some Patriot magic, maybe? I have no idea. So, Tom Brady isn't the only one that's like that, though. So... When you said back, uh, we could go back all the way to the 50s, 60s, 70s, it's all been there, right? Uh, someone I wanted to mention is uh, Bart Starr, right? So one of the first, probably one of the first draft steals ever, he got drafted. So 1956 is what we're talking about, right? So the Green Bay Packers drafted him in 1956. In the 17th round, he led them to three NFL championships. And this was before the creation. Before of the, Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, before Super Bowls and stuff like that. He won them to the first, or sorry, he led them to the first two Super Bowl wins for the Packers. And you draft this guy in the 17th round. Like, I know half your players are like farmers anyways in Green yeah. Bay or like making cheese. cheese. Yeah. yeah. So like, I get it, but that's crazy. What's up? Yeah, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty shaking that he can get drafted so late. But yeah, and he, he it's not like he went to a small school. He went to Bama. He went to a big name school. There you go. He he played he was the starting quarterback at Bama and he still fell to seventeenth round. It's it's incredible. Same with like other guys that we can talk about. Uh quarterbacks too, Roger Staubach. Yeah. He he got drafted tenth round in nineteen sixty four and he was one of the studs. He went to six Pro Bowls. He was in they did actually like all NFC and he made that five times. He was on the NFL oh, wow. All-Decade team. He was the MVP of Super Bowl six. He he was rated as the number 46 player of all time. Wow. And he made the, the, the Hall of Fame in 1985. And, yeah, 10th round. There's, like, quarterbacks. It's it's crazy how, how they just prove themselves. I think they get mad. 
I think it's like, why did you pass yeah. on me? Like, why do you think these 10, 15 guys that you drafted before me are better than me? And then they show up, they get a chance, and they take it. Yeah. A team that has been known for taking, making amazing late round picks, the Denver Broncos of the 90s. Yes. 1995, Terrell Davis drafted 196 overall, round six. He played, he only played for seven years, but two Super Bowls, Offensive Player of the Year, two years in a row, 97 98, NFL MVP in 98, All Decade Team in the 90s. He, he ran for 60 touchdowns. He averaged 4.6 yards per carry, 7,600 in total yards, and he was a monster. He he was he was one of the main reasons why those Broncos teams were so good in the 90s. And there's another player that got drafted by the Broncos in the same way, and he got drafted super late, and that's Shannon Sharp. Yeah, exactly. Shannon Sharp, man, like he – Won three Super Bowls, right? Two with the Broncos. One ended up being with the Ravens, like, late in his career. But he got drafted in 1990, round seven, man. Seventh round. That's the last round. I don't know if it's the last round in 1990, but today it's the last was. round. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> 192 overall. So, like, I don't know. It's, it, it boggles my mind, man. Like, where, where's the scouting or whatever? So, he was the first tight end to record... 10,000 receiving yards. Like, that is just monstrous, man. You know, like, he had John Elway there, too, right, to help him out. But I don't get it. I don't understand. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can see him on CBS now. <laughs> I guess he's still going. He's he's working, man. He was one of the true – he was one of the guys that stepped up and said, why are tight ends just meant for blocking? Why, why do I have to just block? I'll, I'm a receiver. Like, I'm I'm meant... I can block if you need me to, but I'm going to be your number one guy. I want you, I want you to look at me first. I want to I wanna be the guy that gets all the catches, and I want to be the guy that finishes drives with touchdowns. Literally. So, he's one of the main, the main guys that started the whole... These tight ends are more than just blocking guys. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to see that he went so late because... They didn't value the tight end back in the 90s and the 80s as much as they do now. No, exactly. Uh, so before, or sorry, when he retired, he had um, all-time, uh, le- he was the all-time leader in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns by a tight end. So then, And they all got broken by Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. So course. the next tight end to be a high catching tight end, right? And then, and the list goes on and on. And then you get to like Jimmy Graham and then to nowadays where you have like the Kelsey's and the uh well Zach Ertz a little bit ago yeah. and um Gronk. George Kittle. Yeah, Gronk yeah. was a big one. So yeah, he kind of broke that. You're right. He broke that uh that that tight end um stigmatism around it. He broke it out of their shell and he's like, Yo man, give me the ball Let's win some championships, yeah. you know. Because you need you need an all around guy. You need you need to have these guys on your team to win. And the Denver Broncos did it right. I don't I don't even know who their GM was back in those days, but he better be in the Hall of Fame, man. Like if you're picking up these guys so late and you're winning championships around these guys, hell of a good play. Oh, definitely. So to go more uh small schools and everything like that, uh this guy played at Alabama A and M, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take this over. But he was drafted in the fifth round, 
and that's Robert Mathis. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah, I hate Robert Mathis because I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. <laughs> he was a Tennessee Titans killer. Him and Dwight Freeney on the edges, like, I don't even, like, you couldn't block both of them because you're trying to double-team Dwight Freeney, but then yeah. Robert Mathis is like, hey, buddy, um, I'm almost as good as him, and I'm right below him. And, yeah, he was a fifth-round pick in 2003, 138th overall, and an amazing career. Like, he, he he's still playing. I'm pretty yeah, sure he's still I, he, like, he's somewhere. I he's think slow, he's slowly fading away, but he's made four Pro Bowls, f- almost 400 tackles, 84 sacks, forced 39 fumbles, and he was yeah. obviously on that Colts team that won Super Bowl 41. And damn, like he he just pisses me right off. He like, still plays on the Colts. Is he still on those? He's Colts? still on the Colts. What? Wow, that's that's a long career. That's so he sick. actually. Re- Oh, sorry. He's coaching on the Colts. Oh, now. he's a coach yeah. Now. He's a he's a pass rush consultant slash player development. That's what whatever he be. man. That's, that's what he did the best. Exactly. Right? So. You know what he does? He just gets those. He gets those big edge guys and everything. And he's like, all right, we're hitting the gym hard, and I'm gonna show you how to play this position right. Robert Mathis was one of those guys where like he would run through a 320 pound left tackle, and still and just do it every single play and he would shake the guy like my dad when i was playing football he said the first hit of the game is huge so if you're on the line and you get run over your first play you know you're always going to have that in your mind you're always going to be thinking why like this guy's going to own me like and that's what he used to do so it was he used to get in the minds of the like the the old lineman that was guarding him and just shake him up there's so many like there's so many good defensive players that got drafted late. And this is another guy that we used to love watching. And he was just, people didn't put him as like one of the true upper echelon middle linebackers. Cause there was also the Brian Erlackers and the Ray Lewis's of this mm-hmm. time. And that was Zach Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Thomas was, he was the third best of that generation, which is absolutely crazy. He made the all decade team in the two thousands and it was because he played for those weird Dolphins teams of, like, the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. He was a freak. He's the reason, like, so many of the guys nowadays wear 54. He was one of those big, no-neck middle linebackers that would just run through and clog every single hole. He made seven Pro Bowl teams. He made seven All-Pro teams. Jeez. And if he didn't play for those Dolphins teams that just couldn't do enough, he, w- he would – He's already going to be a Hall of Famer, so it's just something about him. He he was reliable too. Like he played in 184 games in his career. He started at 182 of them. Like wow. for a guy that hit that hard and just does that much work to be that much of a constant force, hell of a career. A person I wanted to mention, going back to offense, and this person was drafted in the seventh round again by the Patriots is Julian Edelman. So it actually, he got drafted in 2009, but it took him a couple years to get it going, right? Um, I think a lot of his success came from Tom Brady, but nonetheless, he developed into a fantastic wide receiver. He won, what, two? At least two Super Bowls with them. Um, But yeah, he didn't really get into like the mojo and everything until about 2013, but when Tom Brady was on the team, he averaged 75.9 receiving yards per game in the playoffs. So that's pretty good, man. That's pretty consistent. 
Yeah, he had one of the best catches of all time against the Atlanta Falcons when they came back from that 28-3 to deficit yeah. where they're like, you didn't catch that, you didn't catch that. And he's like, yeah, I did. Trust me, I did. Look at this replay right now. And he, he made that incredible catch. He caught it, yeah. The thing with Tom Brady, he just loved having those little slot guys to go along with like the big Hail Mary like playmakers, like a Wes Welker, and then Ju- Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman just did it so well. And yeah, coming out of the seventh round, what school did he go to? Like, I have no idea. I think he went to like a super random school. where oh, I think Kent State. Have. I think it was Kent State where oh, he really? played quarterback and wide receiver. So like he was a quarterback out of out of high school and out of college, but he switched over because he knew he was one of those undersized guys and he just had the skills and that's what they needed. He he knew getting drafted by the Patriots in 2009, you're not going to take over the starting job as a seventh round quarterback no. when you have the greatest of all time coming back. Oh yeah, exactly. So you have the greatest quarterback of all time, may, might as well play receiver and catch the balls from him and yeah, make a it. hell of a career and now you're one of Tom Brady's like best friends, and you get to go to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> you get to drink beers with party him. You at his, party at his house and his cottages and stuff. Yeah, and and you, he signed a big contract, and he's had a hell of a career. And just from being a quarterback receiver out of Kent State, yeah, that was that's a great crazy. call. Um, do you actually the only person to have more postseason receptions and receiving yards is Jerry Rice? So that's pretty good. Company. Then Edelman. Then Edelman. Yeah, it's a pretty wow. good company to be in. That's nuts. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah, that, that I didn't even know that stat. That's, I didn't that's know that wild either. to me. Good for him, man. If you can make it from a seventh round pick to to being in the same name, being in the same sentence as Jerry Rice, all time stats. Good for you, buddy. I'll take that any day. Uh, so I wonder honestly what steals and everything we're gonna find in this draft. It, it, that's hard to protect. Uh, yeah, it, it is because. It was hard this season, too, because some teams only played 10 games. Some teams played their full, like, 14 games. So we obviously know that the big schools, like the LSUs and the Clemsons, they're going to have guys that were probably, like, their third best corner. But they might end up being incredible in the NFL. You never know. Same with receivers. Like, Jamar Chase, we're expecting to be amazing. There's going to be maybe two Alabama receivers taken in the top 15. Again. Yeah, again, like always. So, but you never know if they're going to be amazing or if they're going to be bust. Like, who knows? But, yeah, yeah it's it's tough to predict. I think we're going to do a uh, NFL draft preview show Definitely. before the draft because we're, we are big college NFL guys. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. But, yeah, we're gonna, I think we're going to finish this episode off because – it's just we pretty much talked about all the big the big draft classes and all the the late round draft picks. So yeah, thanks thanks so much for listening to the topic tacklers. Again, I'm Liam Dunlop and I'm Shane Bryant. Thank you guys so much. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor app, Breaker app, Pocket Cast, and many more. Where can we find you, Liam? Find me on Twitter at Liam S. Dunlop and give us a like and a follow on Facebook at The Topic Tacklers. Thanks so much, guys, and see you next week.